G'day and welcome to The Lyle Shelton Show. It's great to have your company wherever you're watching this video or listening to the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me. I want to talk today about the gender agenda, this issue which is dominating so much of our public discourse. Uh, it's in the Australian newspaper almost every day. We know we've got children being uh, compulsorily inducted into gender fluid ideology at school. Uh, Senator Claire Chandler in Tasmania, uh, Liberal Party Senator there, is being sued by uh, some activists because of um, her work in trying to highlight the inappropriateness of having biological men competing in women's sport. And of course, I'm being sued by some LGBTIQA plus drag queens who think it is their right to read in public libraries to children. I'm going to tackle uh, this on today's show. Coming up though, in the show, I'm going to be talking to someone who's right on the front line of this battle, and that's Kiralee Smith, a good friend of mine. She was uh, with us in the marriage debate, now heads up Binary Australia, an organisation which is dedicated to helping people understand the truth about what it means to be a boy or a girl, male or female. And she's been asking uh, some of the ministers for women in our state and federal governments uh, what the definition of a woman is. You'll be very surprised at the responses that she's got. That's coming up. So stick around. Uh, we're in for an action-packed show here on The Lyle Shelton Show. Well, welcome back to The Lyle Shelton Show. Thanks for joining us again. As I mentioned earlier, I've got a very special guest, a uh, friend of mine, Kiralee Smith, who I'm sure is no stranger to many of you who have been following the debate about gender in this country. Kiralee heads up Binary Australia, and she joins me now. Kiralee, welcome to The Lyle Shelton Show. Thanks for having me, Lyle. Kiralee, for those who may not know about Binary, just tell us what your mission is and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, Binary was born out of uh, the same-sex marriage campaign when, as you and I and many others warned, there would be many consequences if we degendered marriage and uh, primarily that we would then have to degender everything else in society. And unfortunately, we are seeing the outworking of that every single day in education, in the military, in government um, and public policy, just everywhere you look, there is this attempt to degender society. So Binary is an organisation that celebrates uh, gender two genders, binary, male and female, and we uh, also uh, embark on lots of campaigns of public awareness, um, trying to influence public po uh, policy development and to defend uh, the rights, uh, sex-based rights and uh, science and biology and common sense and all those incredible things that seem to be dying at the moment. They are dying, and, and Kiralee, I'm so glad you're there because uh, as you and I and so many others in the marriage campaign back in 2017 said there would be consequences. We said that children would be inducted into radical LGBTIQ sex and gender fluid education, and guess what? It's happened quicker than I think any of us thought would happen. Yeah, unfortunately. So, so Kiralee, as part of your campaigning, you recently wrote to ministers for women in state and federal parliaments. Tell us about what happened. Well, I was actually prompted to start this about a year ago when uh, the New South Wales Women of the Year Awards were the nomination process was underway and it came to my attention that there was a transgender person who had been nominated and that um, that biological man ended up being a finalist for the New South Wales Women of the Year Awards. And it made me think, I wonder what the definition of the term woman is. And so I asked Gladys Berejiklian and Bronnie Taylor, who is the uh, New South Wales Minister for Women, 
And uh, neither of them would give me a response. I rang their offices and the receptionist there, you know, they laughed. They thought it was a joke at first. Um, the New South Wales women receptionist got a little bit offended at uh, the fact that I would even ask the question. But I guess that really made me realise that in public, the public space, there is, um, oh, sorry, for politicians, and under law, because the Anti-Discrimination Act has been given so much power and then there's unelected bureaucrats who run these human rights commissions and everything else, you know, which you are subject to at the moment, um, yeah. I realised there actually isn't a definition for women. All they say is anyone who wants to be a woman can be a woman. But that doesn't actually make sense because how can you be something if there's no definition for it? How can I know that I'm a woman? How do I know I'm identifying as a woman? if that term has not been defined. So in uh, recent months, I have written to every Minister for Women, both state and federally, and not one of them, not one so far, has been able to give me a definition of the term women. They all give me some rambling rubbish, uh, basically saying they are very afraid of the Human Rights Commission and the anti-discrimination law, and so they're not going to define it, and they'll say anyone who wants to be a woman can be a woman. I've had one MP so far, one, only one MP, my local MP, thankfully, uh, David Gillespie, who's a doctor, who said that um, a, a, a woman is an adult female, which, you know, has the chromosomes, the reproductive system and everything else that shows you that that person is a female, an adult human woman. So one one MP so far. Sorry, I shouldn't say that because Mark Latham and a couple of others, you know, who I've had conversations with and who I know where they stand, I haven't had to ask them. They have, you know, they're very strong on those things. We know there's been some great um, politicians like Senator Claire Chandler at the moment who's also being taken to uh, Equal Opportunity Tasmania. George Christensen, uh, Amanda Stoker, others, you know, they, they, yeah, they're there's a few exceptions. That, all of them. Yeah. yeah, it's just extraordinary, uh, Kiralee, that you can write to all these um, politicians who hold portfolios as, as ministers for women and, and they can't give an answer. Um, how did we get to this? Well, again, it does come back to, um, you know, the campaigns that have been going on for a very long time um, that come under that Marxist banner and uh, the the nails in the coffin for us were the, the 2017 marriage plebiscite and when they changed the law to degender marriage, they have to then go on and degender everything yeah. else. And so yeah. uh, this is where the, uh, the activists were very emboldened, empowered to be able to do these things and men, much of it under the radar. These ministers don't like being exposed and confronted about these things. I think some of them are probably very reasonable people and don't like the fact that they are not allowed to define these things, but uh, really hoping that, you know, Senator Claire Chandler's case in particular will shine a light on this. Yeah, well, you mentioned Senator Claire Chandler, and of course, um, I've just spoken earlier in the show about uh, the case that I'm facing with uh, the drag queens, and uh, so we don't need to go into that. But Senator Claire Chandler, similarly to me, um, on a slightly different topic, but the, the same principles, uh, she's been speaking out about biological males identifying as women playing women's sport, and uh, the activists have gone after her and, and are dragging her in the same way they dragged me to the Queensland Human Rights Commission, they're dragging her to the Tasmanian Human Rights Commission. I think that's the, it's the same body, it might equal opportunity Tasmania, whatever, they, they all have the same idea. Is this the moment where Australians suddenly wake up and realise this has just got out of control when a senator is now being dragged before a commission? 
well, let's hope so, Lyle. I don't know what else it's going to take for mm. people to wake up because this is a serious issue. And, you know, I, I know on your social media and on mine, we get lots of funny comments or people who think they're being funny in the comments um, and people who don't take it seriously. But I think there are a lot of people now who are realising hang on a minute, this has serious consequences. And for any of us who are parents, all athletes ourselves, I'm not an athlete, but, you know, I have two daughters who, who are very good at the sports they play. And yeah. I was horrified to think that a biological male could say, oh, I feel like a girl and I want to uh, participate in that sport. It creates an unfair, unfair playing field and an and a safe, unsafe environment for my daughters and for all, all women and girls in those um, sports. So I really do hope that this will shine a light on how serious this issue is because it doesn't just affect women in sport it affects everything from shelters to prisons to yeah. change rooms you, you name right. it and it affects men and women all of us together yeah. well, well the good news is there is some pushback starting to happen it's very slow um, i'm sure like me you're following bernard lane in the australian who is now almost on a daily basis writing articles highlighting the absurdity of the transgender political movement uh, highlighting pushback that's happening in the UK, where I think the UK government, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, they're about to, um, you know, put a halt to this idea that you can just identify as a woman. Um, that is an incredible step forward um, after almost a decade of one-way traffic in this LGBTIQA plus political movement. Uh, is that how you're seeing it as well, Kiralee? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm watching all of those things very closely. And yes, the UK government have um, said that they'll make it, they won't just, it won't be free reign for anyone to self-identify, uh, but it won't be too difficult either. So there's still those uh, processes there, but um, yeah, it, it won't just be as simple as saying, I feel like a woman, so therefore I am one. Uh, however, it won't be, won't be too difficult. But as you said, Bernard Lane is shining a very important light, particularly on the harm that this is doing to children, that, you know, they're being exposed to irreversible medical procedures and the rest of it. It's just horrifying. So I wish that he didn't have to write about this and I wish I didn't have this job, but we do. We're here and we need to make sure that people know about it. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like the UK, you know, it's just a partial measure. But uh, Bernard Lane, um, and, and if, if viewers haven't, you know, if, the, if you don't get the Australian newspaper, you need to. Um, he is really um, being courageous. Uh, other media are yet to, to follow this up. But he has talked uh, about the harms to children um, that uh, is occurring as a result of what these gender clinics are doing, particularly uh, the country's most high profile one under Dr. Michelle Telfer at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, um, where children are routinely being prescribed puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, uh, and even having uh, surgery, uh, particularly for young girls having their breasts uh, cut off. Uh, this is not unknown. It's happened in, um, in quite a number of cases. Um, we've never seen the sort of numbers, uh, well into the hundreds of children now presenting at these clinics around the country. Uh, when's it gonna end? Well, yeah, that's a really good question, Lyle. I'm working really hard, as you and many others are, to make sure that that end comes very soon, that these children are protected and that parental rights uh, are upheld in Australia. Uh, it's, it's, it's devastating to watch what's going on right around Australia with all of our human rights and how the abuses are just so um, easily being uh, trotted out in front of us. But 
again, I think that there is a, there is a large majority of people who are very reasonable about this and are very concerned about this. And the more awareness that we're seeing, uh, you know, our campaigning, our my campaigning at Binary is is gaining traction every single day. And and as you said, we now have senators speaking out with people like yourself, um, Bernard Gaynor, and others who you know yeah, who, Mark, who are Mark really Clayton doing the hard well. yards. Mark Layton, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Look, and, and that's that's where I think um, you know we haven't seen this level of um, of pushback uh, in a long time. Uh, it would be great if some church leaders would also uh, speak out because this is a justice issue for children. Uh, yet there's a lot of silence in the church uh, on this, unfortunately. Um, Kirley, I'm glad to hear your work is gaining traction. Um, uh, what do you see, you know, as the next phase of your campaign? Well, we've got a few things. We, we have got a policy pack that um, we have developed that we will be meeting with um, politicians, both state and federally, to uh, educate and inform them and to then equip them in how they can use legislation to ensure the protection of children and parental rights in particular. We will be um, continuing, you know, we really disrupted what happened in Canberra recently with the... Um, uh, well, I'm drawing a blank. The, um, yeah, the, the conversion, uh, the conversion, conversion therapy, therapy band, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our uh, phone survey really disrupted what happened there and we were able to, um, we, we, I don't think we got a win necessarily, but we definitely disrupted the process and, and forced them all to, um, instead of going under the radar and doing things that the community didn't know about, they had to stand up and give an account for what it was. And I think it emboldened some politicians to um, to really oppose the moves that were going on there. So we will continue to do those things. Uh, and yeah, we, that, we have a lot more, yeah, um, coming that, up. That, that oh, was, sorry. <laughs> that was, yeah, Kiralee's coming from her beautiful uh, property. Uh, in New South Wales. Um, that, that was extraordinary, Curly. I was watching uh, from a distance what you and others did in that ACT campaign uh, a month or so ago. And I've had uh, Mark Spencer from Christian Schools Australia on the program a few weeks ago um, explaining it. But you did some phone polling. Um, you were accused of push polling and, and uh, basically spreading mistruths. This was by uh, Andrew Barr, the homosexual chief minister, and uh, Shane Rattenbury, who I believe is the leader of the Greens down there. Uh, but uh, they were just lying because everything that your phone uh, canvassing and phone polling uh, said was was absolutely true and in their legislation. Uh, just talk us oh, through absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a survey. It wasn't a poll and it certainly wasn't push polling. And um, our survey, we obeyed all the laws. We will um, follow every step that we need to follow in that process. And we did so. And uh, we have had notice from the Electoral Commission that we didn't break any laws, that uh, we're not under investigation. Wow. We, we didn't read that in the um, Canberra Times. Uh, no, you won't. Media. No, <laughs> that's right. I mean, it just, just goes to show how these people slur. Uh, yeah, I saw the headline saying that binary was under investigation, that you You'd made um, allegations that parents were going to be criminalised. Well, guess what? Parents are criminalised under this law. Am, I, am right. I wrong? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we simply asked questions and are very reasonable questions and they weren't able to defend any of the allegations they made against us. No, well, they, they, they lied in the media. I mean, that's, that's how I saw it as I read their comments and juxtaposed what your survey said and compared that with the legislation. It just shows how toxic this whole area of debate is and yeah. how in... You know, a land like Australia, you know, you and I, you know, we've got a few decades on us, but uh, I don't think any of us ever thought growing up uh, in our teens and our early 20s 
that we'd face a situation where defending the idea that um, biology, you know, is a thing that uh, being a boy or a girl, male, female, uh, that this would be lied about in the media and lied about by politicians and that people who sought to speak the truth would, would not get a fair go. Uh, but this is the Australia that you and I live in today. Yes, it's staggering. And I think the more research we all do, we realise that, you know, Marxism, communism, all of those isms have been uh, had a, you know, it has been the long, slow march. They've been working on these things for the past century. And most of us conservatives have been busy working hard, paying our taxes, raising families. And it's only been in recent years that we've actually realised that, you know, this has been happening behind the scenes and under the surface. But as it comes to the fore, we must respond. We cannot be asleep yeah. in these matters. Yeah, no, good on you for breaking up. Before I let you go, Kiralee, um, tell us about the email you put out uh, recently about the situation in the US, and I'm, I'm going to mess this up, I'll let you tell the story, but um, some sort of a Satanist transgender thing to do with the Metalhead, yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, well, it just goes from bizarre to, uh, to, to even more bizarre. Yes, well, he, he the the article I uh, referred to, he said he deliberate he wasn't independent. He ran as a Republican, which is the Conservative Party in America. Uh, he did that deliberately to expose and show the system that people trust the party and trust the process where they shouldn't. Uh, he had he stands to defund the police. He has absolutely vile language in his slogans. Uh, he's a proud, you know, transgender metalhead Satanist, and uh, and he actually won the nomination, and that's very <laughs> very terrible. The nomination for what, um, Kiralee? What uh, was this um, sort of? It's it's not a high position, but it's a public position in his state. But the point is that we all have to really take notice of is we must be engaged with the process here and we have to know our candidates and we have to know what they stand for and ask them. Ask, you know, they're, they're our, our public servants. Ask them what do they stand for and be confident when you go to vote and hold them to account. Well, well, that's right, and, and uh, I know I sort of let you go, but um, what, what you've just said there just reminded me of something else you did recently in the Eden Monero by-election where you highlighted the Labor candidate um, when they were serving in local government had supported gender-fluid programs for children, and, and you put out a very clever um, social media advertisement about that. Yeah, that's right, because, again, people aren't aware what these people stand for. They put together their slick campaigns and only give you what they want, to, um, you know, want the public to see. But this was all on public record and she was very, very um, a strong advocate of public funding for safe schools and safe schools-type programs, and we thought that the people of Eden Monaro had a right to know that. And uh, there was a swing against them in, in that, that seat. Uh, she yeah. was successful in gaining the seat, but I think that our campaign had a lot to do with that. Yeah, and of course that got no mainstream media traction. But look, I think it's only a matter of time before um, people do wake up to the fact that so many supposedly mainstream politicians, I think of Graham Parrott here in Queensland, who supports all of the crazy gender agenda stuff on his Twitter feed. Um, he was backing Andrew Barr's so-called conversion therapy law. Um, you know, these are supposed, supposedly mainstream politicians, yet they support this craziness and I'm sure if the voters only knew uh, we'd see these people chucked out but um, that yeah. this is why we campaign. Exactly, exactly and we'll keep going. Uh, good on you Kiralee. Look, always great to talk to you. You're an incredibly articulate advocate for the cause. You're formidable. I'm so glad your voice is in the debate and I uh, really appreciate you giving some time to appear on the Lyle Shelton Show tonight. A pleasure Lyle and you keep up the good work. You're doing a great job.
<laughs> you too. Good on you, Kiralee. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Well, a recent article in the Career Mail was extolling the virtues of what it sees as the self-evident good of having sexualised and gender-fluid drag queen role models reading to children in public libraries. Two drag queens using Queensland taxpayers' money uh, to take me to court for dissenting to this growing practice are featured at length in the Q Weekend magazine, accusing me of writing degrading and dehumanising things about them. A blog I published in January about the dangers of drag queen role models for children landed me on charges of vilification. You can read the blog at uh, lyleshelton.com.au and you can be the judge of whether or not my commentary is fair and reasonable. But more importantly, be the judge of whether or not the freedom of speech should exist to say the things that I've said. Now, the drag queen's Diamond Goodrim, uh, who is a recipient of an Adult Entertainment Industry X Award, and Johnny Valkyrie, a woman presenting to children as a man, are using the flawed anti-discrimination laws in a bid to have me punished and silenced for what I wrote. In their statements to the Courier-Mail, they give no examples of what degrading and dehumanising things I'm supposed to have said about them. I'm just slurred as part of what is now a very public justification on their part uh, for dragging me through the Queensland Human Rights Commission and now onto the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal at great financial cost and I have to say stress. Remember, their law firm, the LGBT Legal Service, received $400,000 from the pockets of Queensland taxpayers over the past three years. I've had to resort to crowdfunding and I'm very grateful for all the people who have been so generous, uh, hundreds of people, in fact over 600 people who have helped me so far. The drag queens use the free kick of the Courier Mail uh, to reaffirm their determination to silence me and anyone else who dares to question the appropriateness of teaching children that their gender is fluid and placing adult entertainers in front of them as role models. The journalist, uh, Leanne Edmondson, did not seek an interview with me so that I could give my side of the story. That's today's cancel culture in action. The great ethical virtues of journalism, chief of which are balance and fairness, don't apply to those whom today's left deem deplorables. A Google search of Edmondson reveals she is the co-author of same-sex marriage campaigner Shelley Argent's biography. Argent, who I first met uh, at Parliament House in Canberra when we were campaigning on opposite sides of the debate about degendering marriage, was one of the leaders of the Yes campaign in the 2017 marriage plebiscite. We met on more than one occasion and even spent an afternoon in dialogue seeking to understand each other's perspective. While we didn't agree on the definition of marriage, our discussion was civil, and uh, I'm very grateful to the time that uh, Shelley gave uh, to have that conversation. Uh, Argent's Yes campaign repeatedly ridiculed our concerns that degendering marriage would lead to children being taught that their gender is fluid and that they would be inducted into radical LGBTIQA plus sex education. Despite the Yes campaign's public denials while it was seeking to, to gain the support of mainstream Australia for gay marriage, I was convinced we were right. But even I have been surprised with how swiftly the rainbow political movement has moved to implement the things they said would never happen as a consequence of same-sex marriage. 
The, dra- the drag queen Diamond Goodrum, whose name is a reference to anal sex, told Edmondson, quote, I want to show the community and our sisters as such, the drag community, we have the right to perform regardless if it's to children or adults. Now, the majority of Queensland parents who are already opposed to the Rainbow Political Movement so-called Safe Schools Program would disagree with Goodrim. But Edmondson's article is designed to make anyone who can't see the self-evident good of institutionalised drag queen story time in public libraries feel marginalised. In another betrayal of journalist principles, Edmondson self-censors Goodrim's drag name, calling her, or is it him, throughout the article simply Diamond. To get the truth about drag queen story time, one has to resort to bloggers like me who captured screenshots of some of the inappropriate and harmful material on the drag queen social media pages. None of this appeared in the Courier-Mail feature article, but I think most parents would want to know something of the background of the role models Brisbane City Council thinks are appropriate to place in front of children in ratepayer-funded libraries. If Valkyrie and Goodrum get their way, bloggers like me will be crushed. This is an opportunity to really highlight the level of homophobia, transphobia and hatred that still thrives in Australia today, Valkyrie tells Edmonston in the Q Weekend. By the way, despite me going through the Queensland Human Rights Commission and now onto the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal, Valkyrie is yet to provide me with any examples of anything homophobic, transphobic or hateful that I've written. These cancel culture terms continue to be thrown around with gay abandon, pun intended. It's much easier to demonise than to debate. Valkyrie continues, quote, It, homophobia, transphobia and hatred, is in the commentators we allow on platforms and that needs to be stopped, end quote. A date for my appearance at QCAT is yet to be set. Well, thanks for your company today. I really appreciate you joining me here on the Lyle Shelton Show as part of the Good Source News platform. It's great to be part of this community of truth-telling commentators around the country, and I really hope that you can support the Good Source and its good work. Uh, Just a reminder, too, that uh, my book, uh, I Kid You Not, Notes from 20 Years in the Trenches of the Culture War, has gone into its third edition. I'm really uh, pleased to say that. It sold over 2,000 copies and uh, I really want to thank all of you who have supported uh, that publication. If you've not got yours, go to lyleshelton.com.au. Well, that's it from the Lyle Shelton Show for this week. Thanks again for joining us and I look forward to your company next week. Goodbye. The Lyle Shelton Show is a production of The Good Source, hosted by Lyle Shelton. To watch, listen to, or read more content without the SJW PC fact filter, visit goodsource.news, good, S-A-U-C-E dot news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show.